Welcome to another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. Tonight's episode, we are going to talk Masters. What we just saw this weekend was an absolute all-timer. A performance you may never see again in your in your adult life or young life. Also, the theater that is surround that surrounds Augusta every year is just incredible. No matter what the circumstances are, Augusta National just creates drama that is just unmatched in sports. We're also going to talk briefly about the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. My Tampa Bay Lightning are in big trouble as the number one overall seed in the playoffs. We're going to talk. Some, again, some playoff, a lot of playoff activity going on. We're also we're going to talk briefly about the national championship of college basketball. March Madness ended ended with its own version of mayhem. Overtime, Virginia, Texas Tech, the Final Four, Auburn, Virginia. Was it a foul? Was it not a foul? Texas Tech overcoming Michigan State in the semifinals. Just, again, an incredible week of drama in the world of sports. If you're a sports fan, which I know you are, just a tremendous week in sports. Reach out to us on our Twitter feed, at KickTheFB, at KickTheFB, like football, but FB. Let us know how we're doing. Love for you to subscribe to us for an Apple Apple Podcast, which I'm sure if you're listening, you might you might be able to find us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and tell a friend about us. The Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, so let's get into the 83rd Masters, Augusta, Georgia. Going into the week. Lots of people talking Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, you know, a little bit of Tiger Woods. Was this going to be the week Tiger was going to was gonna roar back? Phil Mickelson, um, you know, you had young players, Molinari, you had Xander Schauffele, you had can Jordan Spieth rebound, you had Jason Day, you have, again, a lot of young guns heading into Augusta. And the tournament got off to an excellent start. You know, one of the things that, that kind of had Augusta a little bit on, on edge this week was that there was a lot of rain. So there had been a lot of rain early in the week. So it was going to be more difficult to get the greens going at such a slippery, fast pace. So the course was going to be a little bit more gettable, everybody thought. And it turned out to be right on. In an unprecedented you know, the first round of the Masters, you had Phil Mickelson came out on fire, shot a very quality round, first round. You had Bryson DeChambeau playing very well. And so we head into the weekend, and Tiger Woods, all of a sudden, heading into the weekend, Tiger Woods is four shots off the lead in the mix. Very consistent, solid. Just hung around. I think he was seven under par going into the weekend. Molinari was leading, so we get to Saturday at the at, at Augusta National, and three players shoot 64, an incredible number. 
8 under par 64. Again, a lot of moisture on the course, a lot of moisture in the greens, so the greens are very gettable. You know, this is a tactical golf course. You have to hit the ball in the right spots. You have to miss in the right spots. But if you do the right things, there are going to be lots of opportunities for, to score. And on Saturday was the most prolific scoring day ever for a third round at the Masters. Woods shot a five under par, 67. Three guys shot 64. Molinari. Tony Finau shot a, one of the 64s. Webb Simpson shot a 64. I mean, just incredible attacking golf on Saturday. The big question was, what was Augusta going to do weather-related? You had a major storm brewing that was supposed to hit Augusta Sunday afternoon, late afternoon. Was, was the Masters going to... Play it out and see how it goes and maybe finish on Monday. Or were they going to move up the tee times to Sunday? What were they going to do? Well, I think they made a great decision. About, about 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, they made the decision they were going to move up all tee times on Sunday. Very early Sunday morning, they were going to go off both the 1st and the 10th tee to make sure they kind of got done by about 2.30 and avoid the weather. And it was a tr tremendous decision by the, the committee. You can't, it's not good for the tournament to have a Monday finish. Um, it's not good for TV. It's not good for the patrons. You know, the eight, a high, high, high majority of those patrons had probably already checked out of their hotel, wouldn't have been able to get another room for another night, and it would just would have been a logistics disaster to have volunteers, security, all these extra people having to come back and work on Monday. It would have been very difficult to do that, so I think they made a great decision. They moved up all the tee times. The final group teed off at 9.20 this morning. Off of Again, they played off the first and the tenth tees, so it set up, and they also put them in threesomes instead of twosomes, so you had less groups going out, so which would speed up play a little bit. So you had, a tr again, first time ever on a Sunday that they had a Sunday uh, tee times that were so early in order to get everybody off the course to avoid the bad weather. Again, the Masters, Sunday, CBS, Jim Nance, Nick Faldo. This is the one tournament probably during the year where I, I fully pay attention every single day. You know, the other majors are good majors, and the U.S. Open, the PGA, the British Open, you know, I'll watch. I'll try to, I'll watch, you know, an hour here, hour there, but for the for some reason with the Masters, it is just riveting television, riveting theater. The green of the course just comes through the TV screen and just and it's just a is mesmerizing. Can't take your eyes off of it, especially when you have a star-studded leader leaderboard like they did all throughout the week. Woods, Molinari, Jason Day, um, Young Kepka was in the mix. DJ was in the mix. You know, they had the young some of the young guys, Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau, all these kind of younger generation guy, Rory. All these guys were in the mix. Mickelson's in the mix, playing very well. It's just must watch TV for I mean, I spent way more hours than I care to admit sitting there watching golf. And on Sunday, 
excuse me. I watched virtually every shot. I uh, from from basically eight o'clock in the morning till it was finished at about two thirty three o'clock. I didn't go work out. I for, I mean I it's just it's just you, you can't you can't turn it off when when the theater is like it is when Woods is in the mix. Woods is in the final group. It's just must watch television. All right, so let's get to the golf. Molinari up two shots on Woods and Finau going to the final round. Seven or eight guys within three shots of the lead. History says the winner of the Masters typically comes out of the final group, but this was a wild and willy Masters. You know, you again, how would Woods react to having to having a quick turnaround from Saturday night to Sunday morning physically? With his back issues, with his, you know, all those issues. Would everybody avoid the weather? Who would handle the pressure of Sunday at Augusta? You know, they get off to a to a good start, pretty, pretty even start. First five or six holes, nobody's really doing much. Had a couple guys off the pace that were making a move. Patrick Cantley, D- Dustin Johnson. Some of those guys were making some moves to get within striking distance of the back nine. So we get to number nine. We go to the back nine on Sunday. <clears throat> what is the part of the course that always gets everybody? Amen corner. Woods playing very methodical, very precision. One thing I noticed about Tiger this week, showed very little emotion, was very controlled, very concentrated. Whether he hit a good shot, bad shot, he was very, again, kept his emotions in check. Did not, you know, get flustered if he hit a poor drive. He hit, he drove the ball fairly well, I thought, for the most part. Again, his big issue in the last, you know, year has been the consistency of the driver and the consistency of the putter. He didn't putt exceptionally well on Thursday, putted much better Friday and Saturday, and coming into Sunday – he he was on a he was on a, pro, a, a trajectory. Tra, the trajectory was that he was gonna if he, if he made the six seven eight footers, he was gonna be in the mix. And boy, did he make the six and seven eight footers! So we get to the back nine. Molinari extends the lead to three shots, heading to the eleventh hole. He drops a shot at eleven. And now we head to the venerable par 3 12th in Amen Corner. Molinari hits the ball in the water. Finau hits the ball in the water. Kepka hit the ball in the water. And Woods lays up, middle of the green, two putts, gets out of there. Now all of a sudden as we head to 13, it is game on. Tied at the top. Lo and behold, ahead of them, you had the young guys can't, Patrick Cantley, Shawfley, you had Bubba Watson making a move, you had uh, Webb Simpson making a move, you had Kepka up in front, he eagled the 13th and, ver- and almost eagled the 15th hole, so the lead got all the way up to 13 at one point, but Woods, when Woods gets out of the 12th hole, even at 12 under, goes to 13, birdies 13, Goes to 14, misses a misses a birdie putt on 14, goes to 15, birdies 15, and he's up one shot with three holes to play. Gets through the par fives. Guys are coming after him. The, the lead changed four or five times on the back nine before Tiger got through 15. Tiger was leading. Molinari was leading. 
Kepka was at the top briefly. Cantlay was at the top before he bogeyed 16. I mean, just drama. I mean, the, the drama throughout the back nine, the last six holes was just incredible. So Tiger takes the lead, one-shot lead, heading to the par 3 16th. And what does he do? Only Like only Tiger can do, he stuffs a eight iron to within two feet, uses the back ridge, lays it up on the back ridge. It trickles down to the hole, almost goes in the hole for a hole in one. And the 16th green just goes berserk. Incredible shot. You know, he's Tiger's had many glorious moments on the 16th green. If you recall, back when he won previously, the chip he made from the 16th from the top of the 16th green, where it trickled in at the at the at the last rotation of the ball, where they made the the Nike commercial. Incredible. So Wood sticks it to within three two feet on number 16. Taps in for birdie to go up two. Still not in the woods yet because Kepka has two golden opportunities on 17 and 18 to birdie. Misses both birdie putts. Woods goes to the 18th hole, up two shots. Molinari has hit the ball in the water twice on number 15 for a double bogey. He's thrown up on himself, just not able to, to deliver. Finau never really is a factor on Sunday in the final group. But you have Kepka, you have Bubba Watson, you had uh, DJ made a, a courageous run late. He birdied three three holes in a row at the end and had an opportunity to birdie the 18th hole to get to 13 under. So Woods is up two shots, makes it a little bit tedious on the 18th hole, knowing he's got a little bit of a margin, lays up on the second shot, short of the green, chips up in two putts, and wins his fifth green jacket. Incredible. This guy has gone through all the personal battles, the in the medical issues with his back, with his knee, obviously the issues with with uh, the the the, the painkillers where he got in trouble with the painkillers, obviously the marital issues. You know, I think you've really <clears throat> it's just a a tremendous comeback story. I think it's one of the great, you know, redemption stories in sports. You know, everybody's going to have their opinion of Tiger off the golf course, but when it comes to what Tiger was able to do from just from a golf perspective, and absolutely admirable. Two years ago, the guy was virtually done with his career, had the chipping yips, was was in full lockdown with his back. Many people did not think he would ever get back to form to where he'd be any kind of factor on the tour again. You know, he won the East, he won the tour championship last year in, in, at East Lake at the end of the year, but still, until he won the 15th major, another major, there was always going to be those questions: Could he ever do it again at the highest of levels? And boy, did Tiger Woods deliver! I mean, this guy. I can't even imagine to find out what the TV ratings were for CBS this uh, this weekend with him. I mean, the star-studded field, the shot making, just incredible what Tiger Tiger Woods put together this week in an, in an all-timer. It'll be something where we'll remember where we were at when Tiger Woods won his 15th major. The question is now: Does he have any kind of legitimate chance to potentially put fear into Jack in his 18 majors? I would say absolutely has a chance to win another major for sure. 
he'll clearly be the favorite going to the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, the British Open. I mean, he is struck. I mean, he is to me. He is back where he has struck fear in the in the in the, in the golf world. That the Tiger look is back. I mean, there were some looks that he was issuing out to people today. Uh, you know, it's what's called the Tiger effect. How guys who play with Tiger just are not able to to do what they normally do consistently, and just he walks on the course typically with a one or two shot advantage before we've even started the round. And today was a great example of just being patient and almost allowing the guys in front of him to 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 to, uh, to self destruct. Granted, he had to he had to birdie holes. I mean, he shot. Three under par today, 69, which is basically uh, the two par five. He birdied three of the par fives. He birdied the 16th hole, the par three. But basically, he allowed the he 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 played such a concise game. He allowed Molinari, Finau, Kepka to hit the ball in the water. Let those guys self destruct. But boy, what a Masters Kepka! What a player he is. I mean, he is a a Florida State guy, three three major championships, two U.S. Opens in a row, a PGA. This guy just doesn't back down. He is just an absolute fighter, a no-nonsense, without-a-conscious kind of guy who's going to be a guy that's going to be uh, have to be dealt with it on the in the majors for the next 15 years. I mean, just an incredible. Probably the biggest disappointment of the week is probably Rory. Everybody thought Rory was going to be very much in the mix this week. Uh, just can never get off the snide. Uh, struggled the first two days. Shot a good round Sunday, but just never in the mix. Mickelson played very well going into going into Saturday. Played he played okay on the weekend, but just again, just just not able to put it together for uh, a Saturday and a Sunday. And that's you know, we all want to see Tiger win again. But it would be so fitting if we had one more duel with Tiger and Phil in a big tournament one more time on a Saturday and Sunday. That's probably the one matchup that I think everybody in the golf world wants to see one more time are those two guys who are playing well uh, going after. <clears throat> Woods putted the ball beautifully on Sunday, made every big putt within you know six, seven feet he had to make. His chipping was exquisite. He drove the ball when he had to. He drove the ball very well. And congratulations to Tiger Woods. You know, he's finally showing showing everybody his human side. There was a great moment of him hugging his mom and his kids after the round. I mean, this guy is just an American icon. If you the crowds, the the fervor, the electricity that was in the air at Augusta with, around Tiger was had to have been just, you know unimaginable if you weren't there if you were there it's probably the greatest you know probably the one of the top two or three sporting moments you've ever been associated with if you were there in person today so again big congratulations to to tiger woods big congratulations to the masters committee for making the wise decision to move up the start times good job by cbs covering the event again excellent coverage nance faldo you know, uh, the guys that cover the tournaments for, for, for Vern at 16 with his uh, elegant calls at 16, all the all the good jobs and all the all the fine work that the guys at CBS do covering it, ESPN as well on fr Thursday, Friday. 
again, just much must-watch TV. If you didn't watch much of it, you missed a, you missed a, some great theater. You missed just just sports at its finest. You know, competition, shot making, execution. Nobody lost the tournament. Tiger Woods won the tournament. That's the difference. Um, these guys played great. These golfers are just incredible players. And and and, <clears throat> and with Augusta a little bit vulnerable with the amount of moisture that was on the greens and in the air, just made for a spectacular weekend of golf. So wow. Okay, so let's pivot. Quickly to the NCAA National Championship, March Madness Final Four, Monday night, Minneapolis, the Virginia Cavaliers, again, in stunning, tremendous fashion. They go to overtime, and they take out the Texas Tech Red Raiders. All credit goes to the Red Raiders. They were down 10 in both halves at two different occasions and came back to tie and take the lead, actually. Virginia guts. Grit, uh, shot making, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter, just just excellent at the end of regulation. Hunter with the big three-point shot, down three with about 15 seconds to go in the game. A defensive lapse by de major defensive mistake by Texas Tech. Ty Jerome driving to the lane instead of allowing the layup up three. They all collapse on Jerome. He kicks it out for the wide open three, and DeAndre Hunter knocks it down, sends the game to overtime, and Virginia takes care of business in overtime. And Tony Bennett wins his first ever national championship. Virginia's first ever national championship. Again, what those kids and what that program went through losing as a one seed last year in the first round. Again, great. Again, from a sports, just from a sporting moment, a great moment of, of redemption, recovery, overcoming failure and obstacles to climb the mountaintop one one time for the first time ever in program history. So big shout out to the Virginia Cavaliers. Big shout out to the Texas Tech Red Raiders for a great game. It was high scoring, shot making. Both teams played very well on offense. Both teams played very well on defense. And uh, again, big, big, big props to the Virginia Cavaliers, as well as the Baylor Bears. The Lady Bears played a one-point game versus Notre Dame in the championship game down here in Tampa in the women's Final Four. Again, I watched about the last uh, 25, 30 minutes of that game. Just a tremendous championship game, back and forth offense. Uh, Baylor was up double digits, and one of their star players, Lauren Cox, had a severe. Uh, Knee injury, Baylor was in firm control, and after the injury, Notre Dame went on a big run to take the lead. Went back and forth in the late in the fourth quarter. Baylor was up two with, with four seconds to go in the game. They foul the All-American Ungumwale from Notre Dame. She goes to the line and misses, the, misses one of two free throws in a Eerie event. Notre Dame's not in the bonus yet, so they have fouls to give. So they have to end up fouling twice. And on the second foul, prior to them getting to the bonus, time runs out. And the Baylor Bears win their third national title. Kim Mulkey, just a do the dominant team all year long. Great program. Muffet McGraw, great program in Notre Dame. They took out UConn in the semifinals. 
Um, and real quick, going back to the Virginia game, we had the controversial foul call by for Virginia against Auburn in the final in the in the semifinal game. Definitely a foul. Everybody's talking about is that a foul? Is that not a foul? That is absolutely a foul on the shooter. You cannot hip check the guy while he's in the air. I know it was not, you know, he didn't hip check him into the third row, but you cannot hip check the guy substantially like he, like the guy did. You have to put your hands up, contest the shot as best you can without fouling. You can't foul. Auburn did the exact same thing in round one against New Mexico State and avoided disaster when the New Mexico State shooter missed the free throws. But again, you cannot foul if you're Auburn right there. Up three, up, up, up two points late in the game, last play of the game. Um, and again, you also had the controversial missed double dribble by the official, which they did miss that. Uh, though I will say, as an official, I didn't even catch it, and nobody on TV caught it. Virtually nobody caught it until after the game, until after it all happened, and they looked at it on replay two or three times. But in real time, nobody was screaming double dribble. But he did miss the call. Probably got fouled before the double dribble. But uh, justice goes to Virginia for making the plays, figuring it out. The guy, Kyle Guy, going to the line and making three unbelievable free throws. So your national champions, men, the Virginia Cavaliers. Your women, Baylor Bears. Again, a very quality tournament. Uh, both men, March Madness for the men and March Madness for the ladies with your national champions 2018-19 season going to Charlottesville, Virginia and Waco, Texas. Woo! Great action. All right, let's move to the NHL playoffs quickly. This is from a from the heart topic. My Tampa Bay Lightning, the number one team overall seed in the NHL playoffs, President's Trophy winner, most dominant team in the league throughout just destroying people throughout the year, are in a 0-3 hole. Unbelievable. They're in a 0-3 hole versus the Columbus Blue Jackets in round one of the playoffs. I mean, just unfathomable. Game one in Tampa Wednesday night. I went to the game. The Lightning are up 3-0 after one period. The game's in the bag. It's over, right? Right? Tortorella, the former coach of the Lightning, is the, now the coach of Columbus. Just gonna gonna get ready for Game Two, right? No. The Columbus Blue Jackets come from the depths of three nothing down, come back to t to tie the game three three, and score with about six minutes to go in the game in Game One, and absolutely perform thievery. And steal game one in Tampa 4-3. A demoralizing, absolutely demoralizing loss for the Lightning. The Lightning go on to get crushed in game two, 5-1. And they go down in game three in Columbus, 3-1 Sunday night. Kucherov suspended due to a due to a late hit. Victor Hedman, their best defenseman, out in game three. I mean, just absolute disaster for the Tampa Bay Lightning as they head to Game Four. I know it's hard to say that anybody. I mean, that that, that a team's going to come back from 3-0 down. The only thing I will say is, with as much firepower on offense as the Lightning have, if they can somehow get the game back to a Game Five in Tampa, 
Obviously, you have to just win one game at a time. I get it, and everybody says it, but they are the number one seed. They were the best team in the league throughout the year. Even though in hockey, most years, the best team does not win the Stanley Cup, but rarely does the number one seed go down in such uh, lackadaisical fashion, like what I'll, is what I'll say is in round one, I expect the Lightning to somehow win game four and win a game five. And I think the game, the series will be decided in game six, one way or the other. If the Lightning are able to get a game six in Columbus, they will win a game seven. But first things first, John Cooper must find a way to get a game four in Columbus. Very difficult task. The emotional uh, the, uh, level of the Lightning has got to be at an all-time low here. Confidence level, Stamkos, irrelevant so far. Vasilevsky, very average. So we'll see. These hockey playoffs are so unpredictable. So many overtime games. So many games where the road team wins. But again, it's it's some must-watch television. If you don't watch hockey throughout the year, I know a lot of people probably don't watch it, neither do I. But come the playoffs, these hockey games are just uh, drama-filled, high-intensity, low-scoring, great goaltending. Watch these hockey games. I definitely encourage you to watch Stanley Cup playoff hockey games because they're great. Um, you know, and you're gonna see some. You'll see some upsets. The Islanders are up three nothing on Sidney Crosby. Nobody thought that was gonna be the case. Obviously, Columbus is up three zero. You have uh, you know other series throughout both conferences that are very very competitive, but hockey playoffs are unlike any other. Watch them, turn them on. NBC, NBC, SN, CNBC, USA Network are the channels where you're going to catch these hockey games. So I'd encourage you to spend a little time watching some hockey. If you have any rooting interest, definitely take a look at that. NBA playoffs got kicked off over the weekend. Uh, again, you have. Potential second-round matchup, Golden State-Houston. Potential second-round matchup, probably for the probably would be for the Western Conference Championship. You have Oklahoma City with a very good draw against possibly against Portland. They would avoid Golden State and Houston till the till the Western Conference Finals. In the East, you have the Orlando Magic have already pulled an upset over the Toronto Raptors in Game One. I would expect Toronto to still win the series, but again. You never know. You had the Nets pull off an upset against the 76ers in Game 1. The East, you have four heavy, pretty good teams. You got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philly. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Milwaukee and Boston to come out of the East. Um, I really like both those teams. Boston beat Indiana early. Milwaukee throttled Detroit in Game 1. So, again, I think those are the, those are the two best teams in the East. Uh, I do think Toronto will figure it out and get get their act together against Orlando, but you never know. And in the West, you know, Golden State looks to be the clear-cut favorite, but I think Houston is the one team that can give them a, a major problem um, throughout in a long series with Harden, with Chris Paul, Capella can stay healthy. They shoot a ton of threes, but Golden State is clearly the favorite in the West, and We'll, uh, as the playoffs progress, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk about what's going on in the playoffs. You had Magic Johnson step down for the Lakers. That was just not a job he was he was prepared to do at the level you have to do it at. Scouting, traveling, you know, 
telling people no. Magic's not great at telling people no and, hey, we're not doing this and, hey, we're not paying you this. Uh, not great at, on the X's and O's of, of evaluation and scouting. So Magic Johnson quits. Luke Walton gets fired and then immediately is hired by the Sacramento Kings by his old buddy Vladi Divac. Uh, so, again, it's very surprising because Sacramento had a major rebirth this year under their coach, who Vlade Divac summarily fired after the season, after they made about a 15-game improvement, which, again, sounds like there were some rumblings within the organization between Vlade and the coach. Vlade signs a new four-year extension, and the first act is to whack the coach and hire Luke Walton. So we'll see. Um, if the Lakers are smart, They'll hire Monty Williams and not Tyrone Liu. Ty Liu is just not somebody that that's, that strikes any 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 uh, kind of excitement with. I think Monty Williams has a great relationship with Anthony Davis. So if you're ever going to have an opportunity to get Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, hiring Monty, da- Monty Williams is, is a good start. Um, so interesting to see how the Lakers are going are gonna to handle this. Sounds like Rob Palinka is kind of making making a power play with Jeannie Buss, which is very surprising that Jeannie Buss is going to go that direction for a guy that has no experience as a, as a general manager, kind of VP of basketball operations. But it sounds like Rob Palinka is, is gaining more power with the Lakers. Remember, Rob Palinka was Kobe Bryant's ex-agent, so you wonder if Kobe Bryant is pulling some strings behind the scenes with Jeannie Buss. So it'd be interesting to see what Kobe Bryant's involvement is with the Lakers moving forward. But uh, lots of problems in L.A. Uh, they, uh, <clears throat> It would not shock me. I would trade LeBron James. I would just have a fire sale and get whatever you can get. Put the highest bidder up for LeBron James because I just don't see them how they're going to, unless they trade for Anthony Davis and don't have to give up the farm, which I don't think they're going to be able to do. I don't see how the Lakers are going to be relevant, even with LeBron James. I would trade LeBron James, cut your losses, and really you could you could get three good players for LeBron James minimum. Um, so that would be what I would do in Los Angeles. Just not a great fit, you know. He's not been, you know, he's he's thirty, getting ready to be thirty-five years old. He's not the player he was three years ago, and so. If I'm the Lakers, it's a hard decision to make, but I'm trading I'm trading LeBron James if it's me. NFL draft in less than two weeks. You'll start to hear a lot more chatter here this coming up week about what teams are really interested in doing and looking to do, whether it's trades, trade up, trade down, trade players, trade current players. Is Kyler Murray going to Arizona? I think so. Um, you know, what are the Giants gonna do it, whether with with a quarter relative to the quarterbacks? What order is the quarterback's going to go in? A lot of speculation that Dwayne Haskins is falling in a lot of people's eyes and Drew Locke is rising. What's the Redskins going to do? What's going to happen with Josh Rosen if the Cardinals take Kyler Murray? Who's going to draft Bosa? Who's going to draft Josh Allen? You know, there's going to be some wild and wild activity come draft night in Nashville, Tennessee with the draft. So we'll talk a little bit more about the draft next week. I'm going to do a mock draft of the top half of the first round next week as well. I'm going to give you my top 15 picks for the draft and what I, why I think each team is going to do what they're going to do. So be on the lookout for that. And again, love to hear from you. Send us a Twitter, a tweet, at kickthefb. 
Hit us up on uh, Instagram, Powers on Sports. Tell a friend about our podcast. We'd love to have some more listeners. And appreciate your time. Have a great week. And Tiger Woods, major championship number 15, his fifth green jacket. Amazing. Have a great week.